wants to want it and get this soap with my dad. And so get it. Are we ready to start? One, two, three. I'm a proud Democrat, but first and foremost, I'm a proud Republican and Democrat and mostly American. Can you believe in miracles? Yes, you can. Why are you here? You're supposed to be asleep. Wake up. On a shucky ducky kind of day. He's bare chested and banging his chest. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. I'm up and ready and running. So the audience are a bunch of hoes. Yeah. Real classy. Why don't we just go to the story? Talk radio has made people lack confidence in a lot of our existing institutions. The best place to get real information is the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> they don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Here. Why are you here today? I don't watch the news. The birthplace of talk radio. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. We could never have come this far. I'll take the good times. I'll take the bad times. I love you just the way you are. I give you America itself. This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Studio C. Well, C, senor. What is it? It's a dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today on Thursday, it's a little Friday. Hey, a week from Thanksgiving. Huh? I'm already I'm already starting to overeat to kind of stretch my belly. That's my plan. It's just smart. <laughs> today, I want to start suddenly. Today, yeah. we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Yeah, disappointment over the Republican Congress. That's the general. I've given up on the tax thing. I, I don't even know if anything's going to pass, much less anything that'll help. Any, I just, I've given up. We were just uh, mourning the death of Little Peep. Um, or is it Little Peep? Little Peep. Uh, Lil, I'm not sure I'm familiar with Little Peep's over. He's apparently a popular up-and-coming rapper who is the latest victim of this opioid epidemic that's wiping out people all over the country. The worst drug problem we've had in our nation's history. And still not getting the attention that it deserves for some reason. It's funny. There's a narrative building in the uh, lefty media from the New York Times on that it's getting a lot of attention because it's white people dying. Boy, I the know. crack epidemic was, uh, you know, they were just throwing people in jail. The opioid epidemic, everybody's expressing concern. Well, I feel like it's not getting the attention it deserves for the worst drug problem in, 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 in our history. And, and the way it's growing, there's no reason to think that it's not going to be significantly worse next year. Mm, that's an interesting thought. I I'd kind of assumed it was cresting, but I don't know why. Yeah, there's no reason to think that. It's a, it's a hell of a problem. Quit it? taking those damn pills! Quit taking them! There, I finally did something about it. Um, Let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hi, this morning, Michael. I'm doing okay. Um, it's, It was raining hard in the area that I was living at, and um, there were some teenagers. I, I became that guy... Accidentally, I didn't see this large amount of water, and there were some teenagers on, on the yeah. sidewalk. And I went, my car went right through it, and I'm pretty sure it was tidal wave. I mean, the, I got them good. Oh boy, that's and unfortunate so just, and, and hilarious. I just want to say, yeah, you had it coming, punks. Yeah, you never want to stand next to a big puddle, puddle along a road. 
You never know. Swiftly. You got to be aware of your surroundings, kids. It was one of those funny things that after I did it and I was driving away, I felt bad. Both how it was like I had an angel and a devil on my shoulder. One part of me felt really bad. The other part said, wasn't that funny? (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't that funny? Uh, There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well as a uh, I, I love great movies. I even enjoy good movies. But there's something special about a big budget movie that just everybody hates that I love. <laughs> and Justice League, debuting tonight, is getting roasted. How big a budget is that? Uh, it's a pretty, it's about as big as it gets. Gotcha. It's the, this is the culmination of all the Superman versus Batman storytelling. This is the Justice League, all the, the Aquaman, the Wonder Woman's all coming together, the Flash Finally. For, for this one big movie. <laughs> and uh, for a well, while, I'll give you a sampling of some of the reviews. From the Hollywood Reporter, the film looks terrible, shuffling through visual motifs and grading unexciting set pieces at an alarming speed with no rhythm or build. Vanity Fair, the action is largely muddy and unclear, a whirling mess of computer-generated bodies. <laughs> Uproxx, it is difficult to try to explain whether Justice League fails or succeeds as a movie because the film itself feels like it's still figuring out what it wants to be. Variety, fatigue, repetition, and a laborious approach to ex- to exposition are the keynotes of this affair. That's what That's we do. How, how I feel about this uh, movie review, actually. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> laborious and repetitious. <laughs> I can't wait to see it tonight. I'm, uh, I'm going to go see it. I'll have my full review of how bad it is tomorrow. I have seen things on the TV. On your podcast. <laughs> I have seen things on the TV where it is the computer-generated uh, mayhem, where it just looks like a whirl of lights and stuff, and I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. I wondered if other people can pick that up or my eyes are too slow. But so sometimes even the reviewers say it's just a whirling mess of nothing. Yes. The CGI. There's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing very well. Today is the Great American Smokeout. It is the day that smokers are encouraged to quit the habit for one day. And when I was a smoker, I would mock this day. I would laugh at it. But, you know, it has been nine years since I quit smoking after smoking two packs a day for decades. Now, I tried to quit a bunch of times. Never worked until I had a coughing fit that was so bad I couldn't come to work. I was about to ask, what was the key? Because uh, if there are smokers today listening on a, the Great American Smokeout, they're probably thinking, what did you do that I'm not doing? Well, here's As a- Mark Twain once said, quitting smoking is no big thing. I've done it a thousand times. Exactly. Exactly. No, I was so bad I couldn't come to work. I was actually working with you guys. I had to call in sick for two days because I couldn't stop coughing. Wow, that would get your attention. Wow. Two-day so, coughing fit. Holy crap. Yeah, so, You're lucky your lungs didn't just walk out on you. Yeah, exactly. So Climb I, up through your nose and just leave. What I did after trying almost everything, I decided, I got an idea. I just won't inhale. I'll just puff. Nicotine would get into my body through my gums. I'd still be going through a whole smoking ritual all I'll do is puff, not inhale. I did that for almost a year. And then my doctor put me on Wellbutrin, and it worked. I quit. You got to uh, patent that uh, that plan and go around and give speeches. And, uh, it absolutely. Have, have DVDs. It absolutely worked. And again, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very happy. I had a doctor who knew about Wellbutrin, which is like a tranquilizer, and it's uh, widely used to help people quit. But if you've tried everything and you want to really try and quit, just puff. Interesting approach, yeah. Different uh, ways to work for different people, I yep. know. Yep, yep. And what'd you say our insurance, we we're talking about insurance because everybody's doing enrollment across the country. How much <laughs> more is insurance if you smoke? Well, five years ago when I was a smoker, I think I was paying about $100 a month more. $100 a month, so $1,200 a year in addition to what it's you're... It's at least that now, yeah. In addition to what you're spending on cigarettes. So, yep. man, that's a lot of money. Yep, cigarettes up to, what, $10, $11 a pack these days. Wow. So, whoa. 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Thursday, November 16th, the year 2017. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's begin the show now, officially according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. I'd also like to thank President Trump and the United States government for the help that they provided as well. I'm grateful to be back home, and I'll never make a mistake like this again. He probably won't specifically make a mistake like that again. Shoplifting in China. Shoplifting sunglasses in China. I don't know if uh, mistakes in that general category are going away. I, I hope so, but... Uh, no, what, I, one of the basketball players that got nabbed in China that Trump got out somehow. I did stupid stuff when I was his age, honestly. The more I think about it. I didn't steal sunglasses, but... When you were at 20-something, would you have stolen while you were on a trip in China? No. I wouldn't have. No. I'd have been a third. The dirty commies getting their clutches. You never get out, huh? Unless the president president extends his world-famous kindness towards you. (laughs) What are other headlines, Marshall? A new shooting rampage shocker in Northern California. Tax reform looking kind of iffy. And forget fingerprints, facial recognition. There's a vastly more effective way to lock and unlock your smartphone. Details coming up. 635 Armstrong and Getty. How about what Bannon said regarding Roy Moore? Yeah. That guy's lying to me. I'll put him in the grave. Yikes. Holy cow. Now that's some political (laughs) rhetoric. (laughs) That's a statement. Need more of that. Violent talk for violent times or something or all you people are nuts. So uh, there you got that. Uh, How's mailbag look? Uh, It's good. It's uh, complaints, uh, Russian websites, uh, insights. Oh, oh my God. It's it's. So unlike that movie Sean was talking about, it succeeds on every level. And one of the stories of the day, we're finding out how difficult it was where? In Washington, D.C., in our own government. If your congressman was feeling you up and you work on his staff, how difficult it was to do anything about it. There's a shock. Uh, yeah, so they're trying to change that. Stay tuned. we got all that stuff coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. this very carefully my wife was quite upset that i backed into her truck really yeah hmm. um fond of the truck is she very yeah very very yeah oops um, <laughs> i'm not laughing but so later i when, have allergies when it came up again now so luckily i was going very slow and i only the bumper only hit the tire her truck's so much taller than oh, mine really? all i did was hit the tire no damage done as far as i can tell okay um but when i came up later i said you know <laughs> this is delicate marriage territory. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, you and your staff went over the statement many times, many drafts. I take full responsibility. Right. I said, ultimately, it is absolutely my responsibility as the driver to check what's behind me. Clearly. But I don't think it's a good idea to park sideways right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> but she did, not, she did not enjoy that. Wow, well... <laughs> 
I suppose the first part of what I said negates the second part of what I said. If it is my full my responsibility, I would notice she's right behind me. Uh, I, I would, however, suggest that taking into account uh, the imperfection, the fallibility of man, <laughs> one might err uh, toward the cautious. Particularly the the infallibility of this man. <laughs> Why don't you send me your run your statements by me <laughs> before you issue them? I'd be happy to take a quick look. Jack, how was it sleeping in the barn? <laughs> the but, barn. I hope to sleep in the barn. Those goats are very warm and cuddly. I was out in the field, which is about to have cows. We're getting cows. I'll have to talk about the that. The goats are about to have cows? No, we're about to get cows. Oh, I see. Separately. Kids are very excited. Wow. I've mm. always wanted cows. You're living the life I've dreamed of. For milking? You're milking the cows? Mm. Maybe we'll do that. Kind of. We milk the goats every day. So. Mm. Anywho. Jack is thinking of doing to the cows what Steve Bannon threatened to do to Roy Moore. <laughs> Mailbag. Yeah, Stephen, loyal correspondent, <coughs> frequent correspondent, points out the gal who emailed yesterday complaining that the Trump China clip sounds like a, China. A, a, sounds China. like a, a lady body part. She was commenting on the small town outside of Salt Lake City. Their high school was going to change the, the, the nickname of their, their sports team from the Phoenixes because when they yelled it at games, it sounded too much like penises. So she was commenting on mm. here's Here's a little pro tip for you as you write emails. I don't stare at this. I don't read them as the show unfolds. I don't have time. So now in context, that's very funny. That's great. I just, I read it. Gosh. It might have been 12 hours later I read it. I didn't get the context. The fact that Steve, the emailer, got the context. Um, oh, I can only tip my cap to him. Well called, sir. I'll bet you're right. Hey, guys. Friend of Armstrong and Getty over five years here. That's uh, Adam. Uh, he mentions that he uh, listens to the podcast and he has ruined himself. Um, in order to get the full four hours in, he has to listen to the podcast at 1.5 or two times the playback speed, or else he misses a portion of my beloved ANG. Very kind of you to say, Adam. Well, this has ruined me. It only took a little while for my brain to adjust to hearing your show at double speed. Now when I listen to the show, you all sound like slow-talking dullards. <laughs> wow. Wow. And then he, then he takes a shot at positive Sean that is really just totally unnecessary and, and accurate. In summary, wow. you all sound like simpletons. Jack pretty much sounds the same. <laughs> KTLS, keep talking like simpletons. I'm certain there is a point to be made here about the modern world and the speed of inputs and yeah. what it's doing to us or something. But I can't pay attention to my drivel long enough to get to that point either, Adam. So thank you for the note. Uh, oh, here is uh, here's Reverend Bob. Listen to the show. Love the discussion of these folks who are so in danger, living their lives in Trump's America. That's such a it's such a, a frequent drumbeat these days on the left about how we're in danger and I'm afraid and blah blah blah. It's such a load of crap. You're everybody's fine. You're fine. You just like acting like you're afraid because a it makes you feel important and b Admittedly, it draws you close to other people. You form a bond. You form a tribe. It's it, it feels great, especially in our scattered, isolated e society. Read Sebastian Younger's Tribe. It is a truly fascinating book. It's hardly 120 pages. To be fair, should I be fair? I just think it's interesting. 
We had a lot of people worried that Barack Obama was going to invade Texas. Right. And they actually worried about it. For the same reasons. Yeah. In my opinion. Which sounded like crazy talk to me. Uh, I was reminded of my white liberal friend who grew up in suburbia south of San Francisco. He said he was hiding in the basement of his house during the Bush administration. Oh, my. Really having a hard time now. Plucky resistance behind Nazi lines. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. No wonder half of America has high blood pressure. Jeez. I'm I'm an out gay man living north of the ding with gods and guns, never feeling happier and safer than, uh, let's say, it's better than living in a house of... Liberals with a violent homophobic heroin junkie for a brother. God bless America. Well, that's quite the comparison. But uh, I'm glad to hear you're an out gay man living, you know, in God's country with all the folks and everybody's great. Everybody's getting along. God, this narrative that we're all in danger. No, you're not. You mentioned heroin. Where did you say you heard the um, uh, people aren't uh, paying enough attention to this? Are paying attention to this, but didn't pay attention to crack because or, it or was the response, black people versus white people. The response is is concern and care, and we must have programs as opposed to we got to put everybody in jail. Mm. That's interesting. But we did get a texture that said a better comparison would be this to the meth epidemic, which is wiping out white America, which I think a, a lot of people have a feeling that you get what you deserve if you do meth i think that's been the reaction for years yes yeah tweakers lock are up tweakers and if you die from it back, that's yeah. your fault yeah i think that's been the reaction so wouldn't those be similar the crack <sighs> epidemic and the meth epidemic yeah i think uh, uh do you mean the opioid epidemic and the meth epidemic no I or mean, the crack and meth yeah okay oh i see uh, the point you're trying to make yeah i think they, they they're, they're both but they were both treated as well that's a segment of society that's getting what they deserve. Right. And everybody knows it's just, it's danger. Danger. Don't go there. If you go there, you made a choice. Live with it. Um, whereas the opioid thing has the, well, I was uh, I was getting them legitimately. I got hooked thing. What percentage of people who are popping pills does that cover? I don't know. I don't even know. I, I, no I, would, I would like to know if it's half, 90%, or that's just a few. We've all been misled. It's not people who blew out their knee and started on painkillers and got hooked. It's, it's mostly not that. I don't know which it is. Mm-hmm. That that needs to be nailed down before yeah. you can ever attempt to uh, to take it on. Yeah. And, you know, well, this is complicated stuff. Public policy stuff, racial stuff, uh, you know, kind of uh, soul-searching stuff. But a lot of the harsh, harsh reaction of the crack e- epidemic was trying to save people's lives. Anybody who deals this poison goes to jail because you are killing people. You're killing children. You're killing everybody. No mercy. You sell crack, you go to jail. That was not hatred of black people. That was trying to save people. Did little Peep uh, uh, have a bad knee and got hooked on pain pills? Or did the little Peep just want to uh, get high? I don't know. I don't. I, again, I'm not familiar with the gentleman's over uh, Nora's lifestyle, but I uh, my, send my condolences to uh, his father, Big Peep, and his mother, Mrs. Peep. I've been wondering, uh, you had a reporter who reported on Russia invading Ukraine during the Winter Olympics four-ish years ago when she was in Russia. She said people had followed her around and broken into her apartment. What happened? Whatever happened to her? I always think of her uh, when you bring up reporters in Russia. Um, Daniel wrote that note. You know, I, I can remember the gal you're talking about. I can't remember her name. Um, I don't do There's nobody around here. Uh, Michael, you don't remember her name, do you? The Gal who's reporting, she was like a freelancer attached to ABC or something at the time. No, I like to check I don't. on her. She was a terrific reporter and a really, really nice lady. But yeah, I don't know, Daniel. 
I'm sure that, you know, you people who like catalog every episode of the show and and have your own private stashes and, and like history, drop us a note because I would like to Google her and see if she's doing all right. Uh, here's uh, David in beautiful Umpqua, Oregon. One of my favorite places. Just gorgeous. From Oregon News Tonight, thieves broke into the local Goodwill store and stole only jewelry and watches. WTF stole jewelry from the Goodwill store? Pop bead necklaces? Genuine near diamond L's? Thieving ain't like it used to be. <laughs> wow. Wow. So somebody rips off the Goodwill store, and your issue is they're bad thieves. Genuine real diamond L's. <laughs> Wow. Um, oh, hey, one final note. Really nice note from Glenn here, who's a relatively new but proud and flamboyant fag. Um, really good series of observations. Funny note, but it's got obscenities in it that I would have to rewrite. And some of it is like your punchlines. I'm a man who craves what, Glenn? Leisure. Do not make me rewrite your emails. So have you seen the ad, the, the, the billionaire who doesn't like Trump has uh, spent a whole bunch of his own money to put an ad on TV stations all across America saying we need to impeach him? Oh, Tom Steyer. Yeah, I've seen those ads. We should air the uh, audio of that. It's kind of interesting. That, among other things, Marshall's News next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. in the audience says my wife practiced contributory negligence by parking directly behind me. So while ultimately it's my responsibility to not back into her as I did, there are mitigating circumstances uh-huh. as she practiced what this lawyer says is contributory negligence. So I will I'll bring that up to her today. That seems like a good idea. <laughs> good plan. Uh, you got a video on your phone? Why don't you take a little video of that? Let's see how that unfolds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, police in Northern California say the stupid, angry coward who went on a shooting rampage a day earlier also killed his wife, whose body was found under the floorboards in their home. Wow, do they have any idea how long ago? Uh, it was uh, the day before the, ki- uh, the rampage, it seems. That brings a death toll to five people in Tehama County. The uh, county assistant sheriff, Phil Johnston, defended not having arrested the stupid, angry coward, even though they knew he had guns because neighbors repeatedly complained about him firing hundreds of rounds from his house as well as his other erratic and violent behavior. He was currently out on bail for an assault with a deadly weapon that occurred in January. We had had other contacts with him. He was not law enforcement friendly. Johnson going on, Dad, you got to understand we can't anticipate what people are going to do. We don't have a crystal ball. <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I don't blame the, the coppers in that area. I just... You know, as a lover of liberty, I appreciate that you can't lock somebody up on just somebody's accusation that they're crazy. Um, On the other hand, uh, there's got to be a mechanism when somebody's clearly tripping everybody's alarm bells for years. But like the the guy that uh, committed felonies against my family. You know, I've done a little bit of research. I don't even know his whole life. I only know the last few years. 
and he's committed multiple violent felonies against people, and wow. he's still bouncing around states in the you know in yeah. in, in the country. God, he Gets could out be the next one. Exactly, and you just so so we don't have we don't have a way to put away somebody that demonstrates it. You know, actually demonstrates violence and gets convicted and gets convicted. They right. get out in a short period of time. So I don't I don't know I don't know how we're going to handle this. More women coming forward accusing Alabama Senate candidate Roy Moore of sexual assault and misconduct. One of the new accusers says she was 18. She was working at a Sears store when the Alabama Republican approached her. Washington Post reporter Beth Reinhardt explains why the woman waited so long to tell her story. She actually thought this had just happened to her, that this was an isolated incident. And it wasn't until our, our story broke last week that she thought to herself, wow, you know, I wasn't alone. He, he was pursuing a lot of teenage girls, and she started just to get agitated and, and upset about it. Another of the women, Gina Richardson, said Moore repeatedly asked her out on dates in 1977 when he was 30, she was 18, and when she wouldn't give him her phone number, he phoned her at high school, her high school, she was called out of her trigonometry class to the principal's office for the call. She I would went, have been grateful. <laughs> she went out with him once, and he ended the date with an unwanted and forceful kiss. Wow. Perv. And at this point, one of Roy Moore's supporters, Breitbart Chairman Steve Bannon, reportedly has said if Moore was lying to him about the accusations, he would, quote, put him in a grave himself. Which Not sure is, there's uh, any cause to threaten the man's life, Steve, but... What, a, a child molester? I have no problem with threatening the life of somebody who's going around molesting young women. Feel free to say that, anybody who wants to, including me. But So Ivanka Trump came out pretty forcefully yesterday, too. Yeah, she uh, she gave an interview to the Associated Press, and he, she did not mince her words. She said, there is a special place in hell for people who prey on children. I've yet to see a valid explanation, and I have no reason to doubt the victim's accounts. That was Ivanka. It's an amazing study of power that this guy did this forever. I mean, you know, the age of consent may be a little lower in the South, but it wasn't as low as some of the girls he was groping, and everybody kept their mouths shut. Or if they talked, nobody believed them. It was like the Cosby thing for years. A lot of the women who accused Cosby were out there talking about it. Nobody believed them. Right. So Bannon threatens to kill him. If it's for true. lying, and if, uh, well, I, I think the, uh, I think the, 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 what you're lying about plays a role. All right. Um, and uh, Ivanka wants him after he is killed by Bannon to then go to hell. So that's a, it's quite a one-two punch. President yes, yesterday seems justified to me. Yeah. President Trump's planning to visit House Republicans today, and what's shaping up is a pep rally. As the GOP is getting set to muscle a tax overhaul through the House, where leaders are confident they've got the votes, but. Tax reforms hitting a roadblock as Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin becomes the first Republican senator to say he opposes his party's tax legislation. Again, I was asked, can you support the current Senate version? I I wouldn't vote for it. It's just that simple, but doesn't mean I don't want to, you know, vote for a a real solution. Now, Johnson told him what aspect of it is bothering him. uh, He thinks the plan unfairly benefits corporations more than other types of businesses. He he wants, yeah, he wants real tax relief for small businesses, which are really the engine of economic growth. And he says, nah, too heavy toward the big guys. Mm. So, you know, there may be room to maneuver, but... You got Republican Senators Susan Collins, Jeff Flake, and Bob Corker all refusing yet to commit to supporting the measure. Yeah, yeah, it's they're just floundering. Just the, the Republican Party is now officially floundering. You can't get all your people together and yeah. say, "Look, nobody gets the whole loaf. This is our plan. We're going to move forward." 
You know, some of us really like the Mr. Smith goes to Washington ideal where, you know, the, the plucky legislator stands up against their colleagues and says, this is wrong, blah, blah, blah. And I do appreciate that. But if you're going to get anything done, everybody's got to give a little. And they can't find that sweet spot. Not for the health care thing, not for this. Of course, they're all they're all trying to operate within the we just need 51 votes reconciliation budget process, which is, you know, twisting themselves into pretzels in itself. Right. Either change the Senate rule uh, to 51 votes or or have a little party discipline. I don't know. So this Wisconsin guy may doom the whole thing today. And, uh, you know, I assume he's friends with Paul Ryan, yeah. uh, who, uh, who who's certainly back in the whole thing. All right, my friends, you can forget fingerprints, facial recognition. Soon you're going to be unlocking your smartphone with your sweat. (laughs) A chemist from the University of Albany explains using sweat as an identifier cannot be easily mimicked or hacked by potential intruders. It is close to foolproof. We all have a unique fingerprint, perspiration-wise. Horses sweat. Men perspire. Women glow. (laughs) <laughs> the device would first build a perspiration profile for the user that, when complete, would allow the device to recognize when the owner was holding or even wearing the device. If you're hmm. sweaty. I'm getting roasted peaches, cassis, and some light, neutral French oak. So do I have to do 20 push-ups or something to get <laughs> sweaty enough to unlock my phone? phone? That might be a good deal for me. Force me to exercise. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting the Getty Show. The voice of the West. Or just find a party that's sweaty, you know? Who am I trying to kid? So I need to try to put on my socks and shoes, work up a sweat. Exactly. (laughs) I have to cross a room? (laughs) 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 Yeah. Do you want to hear this ad this billionaire's putting on all the TV stations? I've seen it like five times this week. He must have bought a a pretty good uh, schedule. This uh, Trump needs to be impeached ad. Among other things on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. This segment is Billionaires in the News. One of which, Elon Musk, they're going to uh, unveil today. Tesla is going to put out their first prototype of an electric big rig truck. Hmm. Trying to get into that market. And um, also uh, the future of it being self-driving. So, which I read an article yesterday said that's coming sooner than uh, everybody thought. Self-driving big rigs. I was doing some driving the other day. It's amazing how much uh, stuff is still transported in big rigs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Any uh, West Coasters who spend any time on I-5 are more than familiar with that. I mean, it's it's, it's one of the great arteries of commerce in this nation, Jack. Yeah. So I got to imagine driverless and not spewing out filth trucks would be a major change for that industry. Yeah. Yeah. Another billionaire in the news, this dude, I don't I didn't know his act. What's his name? Tom Steyer? What's a He's a he's a huge uh, factor in California politics and national lefty politics. He's an environmental activist. He's financed like your your uh, uh petition drives for various California initiatives, your uh, cap and trade, 
all that stuff. He's he donates zillions of dollars to yeah. all that stuff. I've heard his name in regards to that stuff, but I don't know his name in terms of what's his industry. What did he make his money in? He was a uh, Jelly Belly software guy. I think. Software. That's where a lot of people tech get rich. guy. Yeah. I could be wrong. Somebody Google that. Would some, you? some tech thing I wouldn't understand. Anyway, so he decided to take some of his money. Yeah, you know? but it's important you nod your head as if you do. Mm-hmm. You know, if I was a billionaire, I might do this. Why wouldn't you? You can afford to buy giant ad campaigns, and uh, and and you by yourself can have an effect on political discussions. I just spent five hundred million dollars on that Da Vinci painting last oh, night. I'd have bought yeah. that and and then uh, took it home and painted a Cubs hat on her. Cool story. Or I guess that it was painting. Jesus on him. It's a Da Vinci Jesus painting, man. If I had an extra half a million dollars, sorry, half billion dollars, yes, sir, I would. Uh, I'd have bought that dang thing. Man, that looked good. I, I can picture exactly where I'd put it by the by the coat rack in the uh, where you go come in the front door. <laughs> it looked nice there. Uh, they're they're not even sure Leo himself painted it. Mm, it might have been his boys. They're sure enough. Hey, I'm tired of painting Jesus. Come over here and finish this up. May have gone like that. They're sure enough that it sold it for half a billion dollars, but some Russian dude bought it in 2013 for 127 million. Nice so investment. that's quite the investment. However, the person who had it originally, who probably wishes they'd have held on to it, um. Bought it uh, in, for ninety bucks in nineteen fifty eight. Hmm. Ninety dollars seems reasonable. It sold for half a billion dollars yesterday. Da Vinci, you say? Hmm. A yeah. hundred dollars seems a tad high. Would you take ninety? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that say something about art, though? Hmm. It either looking at it deserves a certain amount of money, and then you, or not? Shouldn't it be that way as opposed to who painted it? Oh, now I like it. Oh, sure. It's worth 90 bucks I, unless I, you find out who painted it. Doesn't that seem I, a little strange? I guess. I see what you're saying. You're coming at it from like a purely artistic aesthetic, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. On the other hand, you know, if some dipwad paints a picture of a dog at rest and, and, and the other one's a Da Vinci... I'd rather have the Da Vinci. I don't know why. I'm not an art investor or an expert or like even listen- know what I'm talking about. And then like listening to a song and say, I don't like this crap. And somebody says, but it's Bob Dylan. Ooh. This is genius. It's a I new phase for Dylan. I do like it. Well, That's yes. Just- well, yeah, I guess. But, I mean, he's a f- figure of major historical import. You know, my son, <laughs> when he lived at home, especially when he had the long hair. I mean, it was like there was a a golden retriever in the shower every morning. And uh, I, I didn't want to keep any of that hair, but if somebody sent me a lock of Abraham Lincoln's hair, I would keep it. And it's hair, <laughs> never mind the painting. I see what you mean. I just, I know, uh, yeah, I, I, I appreciate your point, but how did we get here? Oh, yeah, so if you're a billionaire, you maybe you buy uh, the, the Da Vinci painting. There's only 16 of them. Uh, but Is this, that right? This billionaire. Excellent da Vinci painting knowledge. Well done. This billionaire decided to spend his money on this ad that I've seen five times this week on various channels. This is this is what it's like. He's brought us to the brink of nuclear war, obstructed justice at the FBI, and in direct violation of the Constitution, he's taken money from foreign governments and threatened to shut down news organizations that report the truth. If that isn't a case for impeaching and removing a dangerous president, then what has our government become? I'm Tom Steyer. And like you, I'm a citizen who knows it's up to us to do something. It's why I'm funding this effort to raise our voices together and demand that elected officials take a stand on impeachment. A Republican Congress once impeached a president for far less. Yet today, people in Congress and his own administration know 
that this president is a clear and present danger, who's mentally unstable and armed with nuclear weapons, and they do nothing. Join us and tell your member of Congress that they have a moral responsibility to stop doing what's political and start doing what's right. Our country depends on it. I wonder if I could get a gig playing sad acoustic guitar in the background of <laughs> the President's a Danger commercial. So, is uh, I don't know when that started airing. It, it seems like I just started seeing it this week. I saw it a few weeks ago. But is that what Nancy Pelosi was responding to last week when she said, until we see more information, there's no reason to be talking about impeachment? Is that what she was t- responding to? It, it could be, although uh, old, uh, what's her name, the, uh, the, the half-wit, um, Maxine Waters, is, has been banging the drum for impeachment loudly and specifically since, like, Inauguration Day. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything. Well, yeah, I know, but I wonder if somebody asked her about that. I don't know. Long story short, well, I do not know what she was responding to. i got to believe this dude's ads have caused a lot of people to call their congressman and say, why aren't we impeaching Trump? Sure. And so Nancy Pelosi came out and said, we don't have enough information at this mm-hmm. point to try to, let's not talk about impeachment right now. You know, I, I would like to talk to Tom Steyer. I wonder if we could. Uh, I would hit him with, look... It's, uh, you're, uh, with your sad, serious voice and your sad, sad acoustic guitar, you know, it, it was well done, but the president's a blowhard self-promoter. He doesn't believe half of what he says. He contradicts it the next day, and we're all kind of getting used to that. The whole threatening to shut down, uh, you know, the media. Nobody's going to shut down the media. Nobody takes that seriously. Now, you might think that's a problem, but... Where have you been? Who who takes this guy literally still? Got a little more info on we're only taking this opioid epidemic crisis seriously because it's white people. Got a little more on that. No, really? Yeah. From uh, from Vox. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.